Well, good morning, Faith family. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody doing well? Man, how exciting it is to see three baptisms this morning, to be a part of that, and, and to see you, you guys this morning. I tell you, there's a lot of sickness going around. Uh, I, I've even heard of some of the schools in our area that have closed because of the flu. So when I say it's good to see you, it really is good to see you. I'm glad that you're here and not in bed somewhere uh, battling with the flu or, or some other sickness. Um, I'm glad that we have an opportunity each and every week to come together and to celebrate Jesus together and to just... Uh, to do life together, even if it's just this small, short time that we have together on Sunday morning. But uh, this morning, I'm very excited about uh, the message here that, that God has, has given us. Uh, I, I'm excited because God really used this message to, to just pour into me and to teach me this week. And uh, I feel confident He's going to do the same for you as well. And uh, I also just want to say, uh, in case you have forgotten, we are only three weeks away from Easter. Amen? Three weeks away from Easter, and uh, I tell you, this morning we're going to be talking a little bit about trusting God. And, and uh, I look at the building, and I and, and and we've got three weeks till Easter with about six weeks worth of work to do. And uh, but you, I'm, I'm trusting God. I'm not scared one bit. You know, see how steady. You know, it's just one of those things. But but you know, God is really just uh, just taking care of this for us. And and I can't wait to to just step into that new and permanent home that He has provided for us. And and, uh, and just see all the great things that God's going to do in that place. Some of us were talking earlier about all the great things that we have seen God do in this place. And God has certainly taken an old Winn-Dixie building and he has allowed us to, uh, to just be on, on mission for him. And we have seen some incredible things in this, in this place. But, uh, but God has got greater things in store for us. And that's what we've been talking about uh, last week and what we're going to talk about today. So let's pray. And then we're going to dive into God's Word together and just see how uh, He speaks into our hearts this morning. So pray with me, if you will, this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, Lord, we do thank You for Your presence in this place, for the time of worship that we have experienced already, just lifting our voices in song and adoration and praise to You, because God, You are worthy. You are worthy of everything that we could bring uh, to you this morning. And Father, I thank you for this faith family. I thank you, God, that, that Lord, uh, this is a, a group of people that you have assembled together, God, to, to be exactly that, a family, uh, a faith family, one that uh, is, is truly believing and trusting in you in everything that we do. God, we're thankful for all that we've seen happen in the lives of so many. We're thankful for the baptisms this morning, those public confessions of, of faith, God, of, of you doing a great work in their hearts. And God, now as we prepare our hearts for the reading and the preaching of your word, I pray that you would help us to set aside every distraction that may exist in our minds. Give us clarity of mind as we uh, prepare to read and, and hear from you, God, uh, as we look into your word. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you, God, for, for all that you're going to do in this place and in this time. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week we started a series called Greater Things, and just the title, Greater Things, it, it, it tends to point to something that is to come. And that's exactly the intent when we created this, this title, Greater Things, knowing that, that God has done incredible things among us. We've seen Him do a great work, but knowing as it pertains to the mission of Christ, that God has so much 
more that he wants to do in our community and even in our own hearts. And we uh, acknowledge that God is capable and God is willing to do these things. And so we look forward with great anticipation that he is indeed going to do greater things. And so we're excited about what God's doing in our life. We're excited about what he's going to continue to do. And and as I was thinking about us looking forward, you know, last week we were talking about believing in what God is, is doing in our life, believing, having that faith and believing in God. Today we want to talk a little bit about preparing for what lies ahead. And as we think about, what, about how we can prepare for what lies ahead, I, I'm just really reminded of, of a lot of things. And that, one of those things is, is that, that as we go through life, you know, we, we struggle sometimes with with really trusting in God. Almost every single day, I meet with someone who is struggling about something. I meet with those who are, who are struggling in very real ways, and some of those people that are struggling, they're struggling to deal with uh, sin in their life. They're, they're sin in their life, and they're, they're, they're wrestling with that sin, and, and, and in some cases, there's a real hold on their life over that sin, and so they're struggling with that sin, and, and, and it find, they find oftentimes during that time it's really hard to trust in God. And so other times I, I, I talk to people who are really uncertain about their future. They're really just sort of curious about what's to come. And, and in their uncertainty, they find themselves really struggling to trust and believe in God and just lean on Him during those times. Many people I talk to are experiencing a spiritual dryness or they... They, they talk about a spiritual deficit that exists in their life where they just don't feel or sense God's presence. They may believe that he's there, but they don't, they don't feel God's presence. They're not experiencing God's presence. And so for a lot of people, it's that spiritual dryness or that spiritual deficit that causes them not to trust in God. And so this morning, we want to we prepare for what lies ahead, knowing that we need to be prepared. Uh, the reality is simple, that we live in a place, uh, we live in a, a, a culture where as we live out our lives and as we work and as we do the things that we do, we do life together, that we recognize that, that the place in which we find ourselves is not a playground, it's a battlefield. And so we are at war uh, spiritually, oftentimes with the enemy, and there's nothing better that the enemy would like to do than convince us that we're in a losing battle. And so this morning, I want to talk about what it means to trust in God, to really trust in God as we continue to move forward in whatever direction it is that God is calling us to do. The message is titled this morning, Trusting Obedience. Trusting Obedience. The reason we sort of combine these two words is that oftentimes, uh, you know, our, the, the best way that we can reveal that we trust God is through our obedience. And so oftentimes these two things, trusting God and being obedient to God, are, are just uniquely tied together. And so we're going to be looking at this uh, this morning and just seeing what God's Word has to teach us about this issue. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. We're going to the Old Testament today. Joshua chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 6 through 10. This passage, I love this passage. I've actually preached on this passage before. Uh, I've used it in, in several situations where we talk about maybe stepping out and going forward, a visional sort of thing, a, a future sort of thing. But, but here I want to just look at this passage because I believe it teaches us also 
a lot about as we go, really trusting in God, trusting in God. And I believe that this message today is one that's going to be very relevant to each and every one of us as individual followers of Christ. There are just issues in our life where we find ourselves uh, finding it hard to trust God as we move forward. And so if that's you this morning, if that's something that you've been dealing with, then I believe this will be a message that will, will help you, it will encourage you, it may even convict you, but it's one of these messages that I think that will be very relevant to you if you've been uh, having a hard time really trusting God. But also, as a church, as a faith family, as a collective body of believers, I believe this is a message that can also prepare us uh, for what's to come. When we move into a new and permanent building, not that that really has anything to do with what God is doing all around us. It's just a location. But the reality is we believe that when we get to that place, that that will be a, a fresh beginning for us as a church. And we anticipate God to continue doing great things among us. And so we want to be ready for that as well. So look at this passage with me, if you will. For, uh, Joshua chapter 1, starting with verse 6. The book of Joshua is, is really a book about the battle of uh, the, the battles the nation of Israel uh, they, they faced in order to claim God's promise of the promised land. It's also a book that is filled with warfare. It's filled with painful deceits, uh, defeats. It's filled with suffering at the hand of others. But it's also a book that reveals victory in Christ Jesus. It's a book that reveals victory in a holy and righteous God that cares deeply for us. And so, God has just told Joshua to get up and to take God's people across the Jordan River into the promised land. This is the, the calling that God has placed on Joshua's life. And I believe we have some very important lessons that we can learn here today. So read this with me, if you will. Joshua chapter 1, verse, starting with verse 6. This is God speaking into Joshua's life, and he says this. He says, Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be, very, be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written within it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people. All right, now, so here's what's happened here. God has just called Joshua. He just placed this appointment on his life, this calling on his life to pick up where they have been for so long to take God's people across the Jordan River and to take his people into a place that God has promised and to conquer an enemy that is bigger and stronger and tougher than they are. Now, they know that because years earlier, they sent spies into the land, and the spies came back and said, these people are humongous. These people are giants. They're strong. And that was one of the reasons why 
the people of God just sort of held back and, and refused to sort of move forward, trusting in God. But here we have this situation where God has now come to Joshua. Moses has passed away. And Joshua has been given this assignment, if you will, to take the people into a land that God has promised them to do. And as we look at this, as we think about what Joshua was thinking about in those moments when God was calling him to do such a huge task, we begin to realize that there were really only two choices that Joshua had. As he heard the, the calling that God was placing on his life, as he heard from the voice of God, he, he had two choices really to make. One is he could say to God, God, you've lost your mind. You've lost your mind. I mean, don't you remember what we saw when we went over there? There, there, you know, I don't know. We, we've become very comfortable staying on this side of the river. We've been here long enough. It's sort of become home to us. And so, God, I'm not so sure we need to go into the promised land. And so that was certainly one choice that, that Joshua had in his response to God. He could say, nope, I think we're good right where we are. And then the other response that he could have had was to be completely and fully obedient to God and the calling that he has placed on his life and to fully trust God with moving forward. Now, the reason I bring this up is because the reality is, is that for all of us in here today, we, from time to time, if not currently, we find ourselves struggling with what we believe God's called us to do. We, we sense God calling us to, to make a move, to do something in life, to, to maybe make a change, to to, to be a little different than we were, to call us out of our comfort zone and into a place that's going to no doubt stretch us. And as we contemplate that, the choices that Joshua had become the same choices that we have. We can look at God and we say, God, have you lost your mind? I mean, you know, I, I like it here. I like my friends. I like uh, everything that's happening here. I mean, the old Winn-Dixie is not even a bad place to be, you know. And, and so you find yourself, even though that's not exactly true, right? But, but we, we find ourselves saying, you know, these kinds of things to God if we're not careful. And what we're ultimately doing is saying, God, I don't trust you with my future. I can't see it. I would rather you kind of explain it before you ask me to just go out there. And so that could be one of our responses, right? I'm not saying it's a good one. I'm just saying it could be one of the ways we respond to what God is calling us to do. Or we could be fully committed to following God wherever he tells us to go because we trust him fully. He is faithful. We know he has never let us down. He has never taken us anywhere that would cause us harm. That where we go, it may stretch us. It may, it may cause us to step out of our comfort zone. But the reality is we know that we are going to be blessed beyond measure by being obedient to God. And so those are really the two choices that we have. Whether we're dealing with something as an individual follower of Christ Jesus today, or whether we're looking at the full scope of who we are as a faith family, we have really two choices to take when we begin to recognize that God may be laying something on our plate that lies ahead. And even though we may be anticipating greater things to come, there are still things out there that would cause great fear in our life and that would cause great uncertainty. Or maybe there's even sin that we're dealing with that we need to deal with before we go. But either way, we basically have two responses. And so this morning, I want us to sort of dive into this. I want us to understand this because 
you know, so often we choose to disobey. So often we choose to fear. So often we choose to just simply not respond to what God's calling us to do. And what we see in Scripture as we look at this is that we don't have to be defeated or overwhelmed by sin. We don't have to worry over the uncertainty of our future. We don't have to fear because God is stronger than anything we might ever face. And, and we don't have to allow, the, allow the, the painful defeats or suffer the suffering that takes place when people criticize us. We don't have to worry about those things because our God is greater. Our God is greater. And that's exactly the message that Joshua is hearing from God. And so I want, us to, I want us to look at this. Let's look at this. Three times in this text, three times in this text, God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Until I studied for this message uh, that we're looking at here this morning, I think I've always looked at this text before. And I've sort, of, I've sort of looked at it from the angle that God is saying to Joshua, Joshua, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you go out there and you be a tough guy and you do what has to be done. But this go-round, as I've been praying through this, as I've been looking at this and really trying to, to understand exactly what it is that God is saying to Joshua during this time, I, I begin to realize that maybe God is saying something a little bit different. Maybe God's not saying, quit being a baby and man up and just go across that Jordan River. Maybe God is not just simply saying to him, uh, you know, you got this, Joshua. You got this. You're a great military leader. Maybe what God is saying to Joshua is this. I'm not asking you to do it. I'm asking you to trust me because I'm the one that's going to do it. And so when he says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. He's not asking him to do something that is beyond his ability. What he's asking him to do is simply trust God. He's saying to Joshua, be strong and courageous, not because of the confidence you have in yourself, but in the confidence you have in me as God. I look at this whole task that's been given to Joshua, and I think about this, a, a huge task that lays before them, a great and mighty work that needs to be done, conquering people and conquering lands and taking possession of the land that had been promised to them. I think about this, and I, I can almost certainly say that Joshua knew that he was not capable of doing this, that he would be very dependent upon God carrying out his vision and his plans for his people. And so here we begin to look at this. We begin to try to understand this. In other words, there's, there's really no reason to be weak and fearful because God is saying to Joshua, he says, here's what I'm going to do. You just trust me. Here's what I'm going to do. You just be strong and you be courageous because of the confidence that you have in me. God is so faithful. And when God calls us to something, he is going to carry us through that something. Don't you agree? How many of you are thankful that God is faithful in your life this morning? That God is so faithful in your life this morning. Recently, I had a young pastor who, who called me up and he says, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? He says, I'm, I'm really struggling, struggling through something. And I said, yes, yeah, sure, any way I can 
help you. I'll be glad to, to try to help you. And he says, um, he says, well, I know that you guys are going through a building campaign, this building initiative, and, and it's very exciting to see things on Facebook and all that you guys are, are doing down there in Valdosta. And he says, I really would just like some advice because I'm, I'm wanting to take our church through something very similar to this. And he says, but I don't feel that, that the church is really behind it. He says, and as I dug a little deeper and asked him a few questions, he says, well, I think the problem is really they don't trust me. And so I just listened to him speak, and I said, well, can I ask you a question? Are you asking the church to trust you? And he said, well, yeah. I'm asking them every day. Trust me, guys. This is what we should do. And I said, well, there, there may be your problem. Because we don't ask the people of God to trust us. We ask the people of God to trust God. There's a huge difference there. You see, we trust God with the vision and the mission. We trust God with the, with the handling of the, the finances. We trust God with the resources that are going to be needed. We trust God. I, I would never come to you and say to you as a church, church, I am your pastor. Trust me. I'm calling on you to believe in a holy and righteous God who is capable of things beyond anything we've ever seen. And I'm saying to you, do you trust God do you trust Him with, our, with everything that we have got? And we together have a history with God, seeing God do incredible things. And it's so much easier for us to come together as a faith family who have been brought together by the Holy Spirit Himself. We've been brought together and gathered together by a holy and righteous God. And it's so much easier for us to believe in God than it is to believe in me. I don't want you believing in me. I may not be here tomorrow. I hope I am. But I may not. Now, I'm not leaving. I'm just saying, like, I, don't, I'm, I might drop dead. You just never know. That's what I'm trying to communicate. I hope to goodness. I hope I'm not. I don't believe in jinxing yourself, do you? Boy, I'm saying some really bad things up here. I hope. <laughs> I've heard it happen before. We've got to trust in God. We've got to trust in a holy and righteous God that is more powerful than anything that we've ever seen on this earth. And what I believe that God is saying to Joshua when he says, be strong and courageous, I don't believe he's saying, listen, lean on your strength. You're a great military leader. You can handle it. I don't think that's what he's saying to Joshua. I think he's saying, be strong and courageous because you know who I am. You know who I am. You know who I, what I'm capable of. You know because you have seen a great work that I have done. This is what God is saying to Joshua. Now there's a few things I want to sort of point out to us here this morning. As we dive deeper into this text here. I want to show you these things that, that I believe God sort of revealed to me. And, and, and I, I trust that he's going to reveal to you as well. The first one is this. We, we must be capable of trusting God with our calling. Trusting God with our calling. You know, the reality is we use this word calling a lot in, in the church world. We, we often use this word talking about those who have been called to be a pastor or be a, a, a minister of the gospel or those who have been called to be a missionary or those who have been called to church planting. Uh, you know, we, we use that term a lot in those regards. But I believe that for all of us here today, 
there's a specific and a very unique calling that's placed on every one of our lives. Some of us have been called to be moms, and some of us have been called to be dads, and some of us may have been called to be teachers and, or educators in the, in the school system. Some of us may be called to be businessmen or doctors or lawyers or, or whatever. We all have a specific calling in our life, but all of us as disciples of Jesus Christ also have a specific calling to surrender to the authority of Christ Jesus. We have a calling to be involved in the mission of Christ. We have a calling to go and make disciples of all nations, to be a part of kingdom expansion as we go out and preach the gospel, as we share our faith, as we give our testimony, as we do all of those things. I believe that how God interacts with us as individuals may be greatly different uh, as we look from one person to the next, but the reality is we, we still have a unique and very specific calling placed on our life as individual followers of Christ. And so as I look at this passage, I can only say to you here this morning, trust God with your calling. Whatever God has called you to, trust God with your calling. For Joshua, God was appointing him to lead the people into the promised land. He says, be strong and courageous, trust me. He says, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land. God says to Joshua, you will be the guy that I use to carry the people of God into the land in which I have promised. And that's a huge task, there's no doubt. That's a, that's a big, big task. But, but Joshua was, was gifted in this area. God uh, had, had equipped him for this, this thing. But God was saying, he was saying, have confidence in me and there will be victory. Believe in my presence, believe in my power, believe in my faithfulness, believe in all of those things, Joshua, because where you go, I'm going. I'm calling you to do it. I will be there with you. And we will get it done, but you got to trust me with your calling. I remember teaching my little girls to swim. It was a long time ago. They're, they're grown, got their own children now, and I, I love to get in the pool with, with my granddaughter now, and i got a couple of others I'll be playing with before long. But I remember teaching them to swim. I remember they came out to the pool, and you know, Linnell had basically said, okay, Dad, it's your turn. Get in there, teach them how to swim. And they came out, and they had their little swimmies on, you know, those little things that make their arms stick straight out like that. And they waddle out there to the pool, and they, you know, I'm in the water, and it's about waist deep. It's not very deep. There's nothing scary about it to me at all, you know. And so I say, okay, Rebecca, come on in, Marley, jump in. And they're standing on the bank like this, and they go, you know, because the bank, like we are on a pond. Now, I think it was the side of the pool. But anyway, they... They, they stand there and they, they go, you know, you can see the fear in their eyes because all they can perceive is a good drowning taking place, right? And so they're, they're very hesitant about jumping in. You say, come on now, I'm already getting frustrated. You go, come on, now this is silly, jump in. We, you, how can you learn to swim if you're going to stand up on the, on the pool? No, I didn't get frustrated with them. I thought it was the cutest thing because they've come up there here, you like this, and they go. You ever see a little baby do that? Little baby, they, they do this little thing here. They, they, you know, they're, they, they're so scared they can't even speak, so they go. And what that means is come closer. 
Because, you know, this is not going to happen like this. And, and, and so I come up a little closer, and I'm encouraging them the whole way, jump in, jump in. I want them to get used to jumping in. And, and I get close enough to finally, there's enough confidence. And you can see it. They've got some spring in their step. They're about to go. They're about to launch. And they launch. And then there's a dad. You back up and let them hit the wall. No, I'm kidding. You, you catch them, right? You catch them in, in midair, and you just gently let them down into the water. And you just let them kind of come down and maybe get a little water in their face just to kind of help them see. But over and over, you're doing this, and they learn to trust you. They learn that daddy's not going to do wrong here. They, they learn that, that daddy's going to catch them. And then at some point, they begin to say, back up, dad, back up. You know, and so you start getting so far back that they're going to have to have some Michael Jordan air to get over here, right? And, and so suddenly, they're just jumping, and they're leaping, and they're doing it. And they're doing this because they have learned that they can trust you to help them in what you have called them to do. And that is learning how to swim. I look at this passage and I, I think about Joshua and the reality that he had seen God do so much in his lifetime. He's seen God do so much in his lifetime. And he had the confidence to trust God when God laid upon him the greatest challenge of his life. What challenges are you facing as a believer today, what challenges are you facing? What are the things that lay before you that, that may be scaring you to death right now that may even seem a bit impossible to where you could turn to God and you could trust Him? Maybe for one of the first times in your life, truly trust Him with what He has called you to do in your life. So trust God in your calling. The second thing is this. To trust God in pursuing your righteousness. It's really interesting to me that this is where God goes with Joshua. Here's the people of God, and God is getting ready to bring them across the Jordan River. He's, he's getting ready to do this, and the first order of business is to, is to assign Joshua this task. And, and so he says to Joshua, he says, he says, be strong and courageous because you're the guy who's going to lead people over. You're the guy that I'm given this assignment to. And then it's really interesting because what God does next is he says this all over again. He says, be, be strong and courageous. But what is it that he addresses next? Here's what Joshua hears from God. He says, be strong and courageous. And what God begins to address next is Joshua's purity. His righteousness. His being willing to live life in obedience to God and His commands, to what the Word teaches him about how he should live out his life. He begins to address this. Look at this in verse 7. He says, only be strong and courageous, being careful to do according to all the law. He says that my, my Moses' servant has commanded you. Look at this. He says, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but it shall, you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful. Listen to what he's saying here. He's saying that you may be careful to do according to all that is written, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Do you realize what God is doing here with Joshua? He's saying, he's saying, Pursue righteousness as you go forward. 
He's saying to Joshua, do not allow sin to creep into your life and to take hold of your life so that you can't clearly see where we're going. He's saying don't allow sin to come into your life and grip you in such a way that you lose focus over what lies ahead. Sin and the the, the reality that we should be turning away from it is something that is very important to us, very important to all those who, who understand the calling that God has placed before us. And so he's dealing with this idea of purity. God is saying, do what my word says. He says, you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all, according to all that is written in it. And then God says this. He says, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. God is saying to Joshua, if you're going to be successful in this campaign, then shun sin and pursue righteousness. God is looking for holiness in our life. God is looking for men and women who are obedient to God and His Word, and He's looking to use them to advance His kingdom all for His glory. Sin can't be a part of that. Psalm 24 reminds us of this. It says, Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in His holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of His salvation. So often we as Christians, we walk around in some sort of spiritual wilderness a dryness. We've all experienced it from time to time. We walk around and we say, man, I just don't feel close to God anymore. Man, I just don't feel the presence of God anymore. Man, I just, I don't know what's wrong with me. I mean, you know, it's just not the same as what it used to be, this this Christian faith. I mean, yeah, I believe in God and yeah, I believe in Jesus. You know, I believe the whole gospel and all this, but there's just, you know, I just feel I just feel like it's just not doing it for me anymore. And we just, we walk in this sort of spiritual dryness and this this spiritual deficit and we wonder what's wrong and maybe, just maybe, sin is the problem. Maybe we find in ourselves to bondage of sin and what what the Word here says is, is God is speaking into Joshua's life. He's saying, don't get caught up in sin anymore. You know what my word says. Do what my word says so that you will see success, that you will experience my presence, that you will, you will know that we are on the right path. Jesus once told his disciples, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Same thing. How would we ever know what God is trying to teach us or tell us when we're living in sin? And so, here is this huge warning, this huge warning for Joshua. You know, it doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to wallow in that sin. We don't have to be held in bondage to that sin. Romans 8, 37 says, All these things were more, in all these things were more than conquerors through him who loved us. You know, one of the things that Christ has done for us when he saved us is he freed us from the bondage of sin. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
We have victory in Jesus Christ, and we no longer have to be held in bondage to the sin. And what God is telling Joshua is, he says, as you go forward, pursue purity. Pursue holiness. Pursue righteousness. The last thing I want to point out to us this morning is this. Is trust God in finding your peace. I think it's interesting that this is how God sort of wrapped it up with Joshua. He's speaking to Joshua twice now. He said, be strong and courageous. He's saying, be strong and courageous. He's saying, trust me, Joshua. You know who I am. You know I'm the mighty God. You know that I am capable of anything that I, that I say and, and that I will always keep my promises. He says, trust me, Joshua. But the way he wraps this up is he says, trust me with all these things I've already mentioned, but also trust me with finding your peace. Can you imagine what Joshua would be thinking? Just uh, the, the fact that, you know, uh, as the people of Israel sitting there and suddenly God says, oh, Joshua, guess what? It's time to go. It's time to go battle, to battle with those giants. And guess what? I'm giving you the opportunity to lead my people over there. I don't know about you, but I think about things like worry, anxiety, fear, all those things beginning to creep in, right? Just a real, uh, the opportunity for a lack of peace to happen is, is, is huge. And this is how God wraps this up, this calling, this, this commissioning, if you will, to Joshua. He says, be strong, and courageous. God says to him, trust me. Now look at what he says. He says, do not be frightened. And do not be dismayed. In other words, do not be discouraged. Before Joshua has had a time to even hear this commissioning that, that God has placed on his life and really process it, process it, God is saying, be strong and courageous now. You know who I am. Trust me. Do not fear, and do not be dismayed. What is, our, what is our typical reaction when God says, hey, I want you to do this, it's big. We fear, we get scared, we get discouraged because we're scared. We get, we get so scared we become discouraged, and then we just don't want to do anything because we just don't really know if we're capable of doing this, failing to see the reality that God's not asking you to do it, He's asking you to go with Him as He does it. God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. Now look at this. He says, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let me ask you a question this morning. Let me ask you a couple of questions. How many of you believe that God's promises are promises? How many of us believe that God is faithful to those promises? He's faithful to those promises. Now listen to this promise from God. For the Lord your God, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How many of you are thankful for that promise? 
For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Can I just say this? I believe there are too many Christians these days wallowing in fear and self-pity and discouragement. When we have a God that says to us, do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For where you go, I will go. Wherever you go, wherever life takes you, wherever I, I call you to go, I'm going to go with you. That is the promise that God has given us. I was reminded this weekend of an old saying that goes something like this. It, it says, no one will ever talk to you as much as you will ever talk to yourself. And in addition, no one will ever lie to you as much as you lie to yourself. And what that old saying means is that basically this, is that every day we have conversations in our head. And we can, can convince ourselves that God doesn't care. We can convince ourselves that God doesn't love us. We can convince ourselves that, 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 that God is not with us wherever we go. We can convince us that God cares about other people more than he cares about us. We can convince ourselves of all kind of things because we're really good at lying to ourselves. And we get to a place where instead of peace, there's fear. And instead of peace, there's anxiety. And we get to a place where instead of fear, we're dismayed. And we wonder... What is going on? And I believe that what God would have for us to hear this morning is the same thing that he told Joshua so many years ago where he would say to us, when we begin to have those conversations with ourselves, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous because wherever you go, I will go. I believe that promise is for us as much as it was for Joshua. I want to close out with this one last verse, and it says this from 1 John 1.5. It says, This is the message that we heard from him and proclaimed to you. Listen to this. That God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Isn't that a wonderful promise from the gospel concerning who our Savior Jesus Christ is. Could we thank Jesus this morning? God is light. And where He is, there's no darkness at all. Why wouldn't we, as believers in Christ Jesus, who desperately struggle from day to day, not choose to trust in the promises of God, choose to trust and believe in the promises of God that he says wherever Jesus is, there's light. Wherever there's light, there's no darkness at all. Why wouldn't we trust him enough to draw close to him instead of trying to live out our life on our own? This morning, I believe that there are some of us here today that have been struggling with such issues like this, really just not finding it easy to trust God. And so this morning, I want to invite you, if, you, if you're here today and you, just, you have questions and you, 
You need answers. Our pastors are going to be down front. They are here to talk with you and walk you through. We can even go into the connection room after the service is over and sit down if you need to have conversation. But we're here to answer any questions that you may have. This altar is open. If you want to come and just be thankful to God for who He is, that He is a God of promises, and maybe come to this altar and just ask God, God, help me to trust you more with my life. This is a beautiful place. I don't know if you've ever been here before. I know you've been here before, but have you ever been here before? This is a beautiful place just to, just to fall on your knees before God and spend time with Him. It's really a unique place as we come here and we pray and the, the rest of the God's people are singing His praises and bringing glory to Him through praise and adoration and song to just be able to spend time in prayer. If that's what you need this morning, this altar is open. I'll be down front. But I want to invite you this morning to think about this. God is capable. God is able. And God is willing. And God wants nothing more than for you to trust Him. By being strong and courageous. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, Father, for the reality that we're able to come here and worship together as a faith family. And God, you have assembled us here to come and to hear from you, to worship you, to praise you, to thank you for the great work that you've done in this place and in our lives. But God, it's also a place that we can come and, God, we can prepare for what lies ahead. And God, I know that as individuals here today, there are some of us that may be struggling with, with what our future looks like and what we don't feel like is that there are greater things ahead. God, because we just had to go through so many bad things. But Father, I pray that for any that are here today experiencing those sorts of things, that God, that they would, they would find themselves at a place of just saying, you know what, I'm going to trust you, God, and I'm going to believe in you, and I'm going to be strong and courageous, not because of my own abilities or the confidence that I have in myself, but I am going to be strong and courageous because, God, you are able and you are capable and you are faithful to the promises that you have made. Father, as a church, as a faith family, God, as we prepare in just three short weeks to move to a new and permanent location, not really fully understanding what's to come, God, I pray that you would prepare our hearts and our minds, that we would be receptive, that we wouldn't be spiritually dry, but God, we'd be filled with the Spirit of God, ready to minister to those who walk in our doors, ready to build relationships with those who walk in our doors, and God, to point them to the one that can give them hope, our Savior, Jesus Christ. To make disciples. To preach the gospel. To sing our praises. God, you are so worthy of so much. And God, we feel as though there are times where we have so little to offer. God, you're worthy. 
Father, be with us now as we respond to what you have spoken into our hearts. May we be people of prayer, adoration, thanksgiving. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.